This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 230 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. Enjoy today's tip. Hi, Glenn the Geek back with you from Lexington, Kentucky, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Well, I wanted to remind everybody that tomorrow is July the 10th, and on July the 10th, it's National Helmet Awareness Day. And we spoke to Lindsay last week on the show. If you missed that, just look for the ti- uh, episode titled National Helmet Awareness Day. Lindsay White is uh, works with uh, one of our title sponsors for the 2010 radio show, Succeed, and helped put this whole thing together, and it's really taken a life of its own. Tomorrow, you can get discounts on a helmet. You just go to ridersforhelmets.com. That's riders, the number four, helmets.com. And you'll find a complete list of the manufacturers and retailers, and there's tons of them that are offering discounts on helmets right now, tomorrow on July the 10th. So check it out at ridersforhelmets.com. If your helmet's over five years old, you need a helmet, you don't have a helmet, and you want to purchase one, you can do that tomorrow at a discount on National Helmet Awareness Day. And we appreciate all the work that Lindsay has put into getting that together. Well, today we have back with us Dr. Johnson. Of course, Dr. Johnson is here every week, courtesy of the Jumping Radio Show with Chris Stafford. And Dr. Johnson works with the Oak Hill Shockwave and Veterinary Chiropractic Clinic that's based in Calabasas, California. And we're going to be back with Dr. Johnson's Vet Tip of the Week right after these words from Equestrian Collections. Hi, Glenn the Geek here. One of the reasons I am so proud to have Equestrian Collections as a sponsor on the Horse Radio Network is they are one of the most innovative companies in the equine retail world. Their website is so easy to get around and offers so much for the shopper. One of those things it offers is numerous online catalogs. Flip through the pages just like a real catalog. Find something you like, click on it, and buy it immediately. One of the catalogs up there right now is the Summer Tent Sale Catalog loaded with savings. Five pages of savings. So you go to equestriancollections.com and click on the tent sale catalog right there on the home page. And flip away, find stuff you like, and buy it right there off the catalog. It's so cool. That's something you can't do when you're sitting on your couch with a catalog. So you can check out all the different catalogs available at equestriancollections.com. And, you know, we always say it, but it's true. Equestrian Collections does provide the universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford. Well, again, Dr. Jenny Johnson is going to be back. She's got another fantastic tip of the week. I love these veterinary tips, and uh, we're going to continue the series of, of uh, looking at four of the limbs. We're heading uh, now to the next part of the hind limb uh, focus, and we did a confirmation last week. This week is going to be about hind limb symmetry. Hi, Jenny. How are you this week? Oh, great. Thanks, Chris. How are you? Very good indeed. Thank you. Yes, and... Looking forward to this next um, part of this uh, series. We started last week as we go through lameness and the forelimb and now the hind limb. From We're going from confirmation last week to symmetry this week, I believe. Yes, we are. We're going to start our, our conversation regarding hind limb symmetry, and we'll be covering the same four basic areas that we talked about in the front limb. Uh, this week we'll be talking about muscle atrophy and swelling, and then next week we'll talk about bony, bony asymmetry and and how they 
relate to our evaluation of the horse and uh, lameness. Let me ask you a question before you get started, Jenny. You know, when I was growing up, the old stud grooms in England always used to tell me, you know, it's always far worse to have a lameness in the hind limb than ever it is in the forelimb because it takes so much out of the horse. The horse debilitates in the condition if they're lameness for, lame for an extended period. Do you find this to be true or were they just uh, telling me a story? Well, I think that certainly depends on the, the type of lameness, how long it's been ongoing and how, the degree of pain that the horses have been having. But certainly uh, you can see sometimes the, the muscle asymmetry, the muscle atrophy that you may see may be more as a reflection of the horse using the hind end as the driving force. Uh, it may be more noticeable, may be harder on the horse in some respects. However, I find that, as we talked about before, the hind limb faults uh, tend to be the confirmation of predisposing to lameness because there's typically a lower weight distribution on the hind end. However, our jumping horses are using the hind end uh, tremendously as their draw. The jumping horse, the dressage horse, and the standard bred racehorse actually uh, will have perhaps a higher incidence of hind limb lameness than, say, a thoroughbred racehorse where most of their weight distribution and their, their concussion is on the front end. Yeah, in, interesting dynamics, isn't it? A fa fascinating subject. So you're going to explain to us how that symmetry should work in the hind limb. Yeah, so really I'm going to talk about uh, helping our listeners to develop a sense of what they should be looking for. And we'll start out by talking about muscle atrophy. And in the hind end, an asymmetry of bone and muscle is, is a common clinical sign. It's not at all uncommon to see an asymmetry in the hind end. Now, it's important to fully differentiate uh, between bony asymmetry and muscle asymmetry or a combination of the two. Now, as always, we, when we're evaluating this aspect of the horse, we want the horse to be standing squarely and on flat, even ground so that we can make an assessment based on the horse rather than a, a reflection of what they're standing on. Now, muscle atrophy is most common, more common than bony atrophy, and but if it's unilateral, it can be confused with a bony asymmetry that might be a result of a pelvic fracture or, a, say, a sacroiliac asymmetry. Now, as in the forelimb, we've talked about muscle atrophy that can result from both disuse uh, or what's called a neurogenic atrophy. And as the same thing occurs in the hind limb, you can have an atrophy from disuse or from a, a neurologic abnormality. Now, horses with a chronic hind limb lameness frequently will develop a gluteal atrophy on the same side, but the, the asymmetry may be very subtle. And the place that frequently you'll see the beginning of the muscle atrophy would be just lateral to the tuberosacrali. And if you're standing behind the horse, looking at the horse, the topmost point of the rump would be the tuberosacrali. And there's obviously a tuberosacrali on each side. And if you look just to the left or just to the right of that, that's where we'll be looking for subtle differences in muscle atrophy. And again, it's important to determine if the uh, asymmetry is due to muscle atrophy or whether it's a disparity in height of the tuberosacralis, which can happen as well. Now, recognition of this muscle atrophy frequently can help us determine which leg is lame. As, as you know, hind limb lamenesses can frequently be more difficult to identify 
both which leg is lame as well as the source of the lameness. And so this is one of the clues that can help us if we see a, a disparity in the muscling. Um, the side that has less muscling is frequently the lame leg. And again, as in the forelimb, that's likely because there's been less use of that hind limb, less uh, stimulation of the muscles. And this after or the presence of atrophy you will also provide us with some information as to the duration of the lameness. As we talked about before, it takes typically weeks to months for a muscle atrophy to develop unless you have a severe non-weight-bearing lameness, and in those cases, the muscle atrophy can develop within, say, 14 days. Uh, now, horses that, that have a long-standing severe lameness or those that have a neurologic disease can actually develop pretty severe muscle atrophy. And I want to talk a little bit about the neurogenic atrophy. And similarly in the forelimb, as to the forelimb, the degree of atrophy that you'll see with a neurogenic atrophy is typically inappropriately severe when compared with the degree of lameness. Usually the horses that have a neurogenic atrophy will have some other clinical signs that are associated with neurologic disease, such as weakness behind or proprioceptive, proprioceptive deficits, not really knowing where their feet are. But again, in the early stages of some neurologic disease, diseases, particularly uh, EPM, or equine proteozoomyelitis, the only observable sign in the very early stages may be uh, muscle atrophy and a, and a mild lameness. So keep that in the back of your mind that that is a possibility, even with the subtle lameness and a subtle muscle atrophy, that it could still be a neurogenic type of atrophy. Now, you can also have a selective atrophy of individual muscles or muscle groups and that can occur with either a neurologic disease, an injury to the nerve of that area, or a systemic neurologic disease, or it can be with an injury, um, a focal injury, that can result in muscle loss and scarring. Now, I want, that, I want to move on now to talk about swelling a little bit, swelling in the hind limb and how that plays into our evaluation of lameness. And it's especially important in horses that have an acute, severe lameness uh, in cases like that, you need to differentiate between uh, whether this is a catastrophic injury, such as a pelvic or a long bone fracture, or if it's a more common condition, such as cellulitis or lymphangitis, which we talked a little bit about in the forelimb as well. When you have a pelvic fracture, you may develop mild swelling in the thigh of the horse, but it's usually not very prominent. Now, if you have a fracture of the tubercoxi, which is the point of the hip, uh, or the ilial wing or shaft, you may have um, possibly have mild swelling, but typically not a tremendous amount. So if you have a lameness uh, but no swelling on the hind limb, the first thing you always think about, of course, is the foot. Uh, the foot and a foot abscess is probably our most common sign of severe lameness w without necessarily having swelling with it. But the other uh, option that will need to be considered, if, particularly if you've ruled out the foot, is that uh, there may be a pelvic fracture, and this may prompt the veterinarian to do a rectal exam to evaluate the pelvic canal and the, the wings of the ilium for any type of pelvic fracture. The, another type of fracture that will have severe lameness is a femoral fracture, and with this type of fracture, they usually will have an acute severe swelling of the thigh. Now, uh, Additionally to fractures or long bone fractures that can cause acute swelling, you can have trauma to an area that may lead to swelling and secondary bleeding. 
and end up with a hematoma or a collection of blood underneath the skin or in the musculature, and that can cause a substantial amount of swelling. For example, a large stifle hematoma can actually resemble a femoral fracture. But with the stifle hematoma, the lameness is usually not as severe as would be expected uh, with a femoral fracture, and the swelling may fluctuate. And then, of course, we also have to consider the generalized diffuse soft tissue swelling that you'll see with the cellulitis or lymphangitis, which we talked about uh, a bit more in depth when we discussed the forelimb swelling and asymmetry. So those, those are the issues that I wanted to talk about today in terms of the muscle atrophy and the swelling. And then next week we're going to talk a bit more about, we'll continue on talking about hind limb symmetry, and I'll talk about bony asymmetry as well as fetlock height and how those areas can help us evaluate lameness. Well, thank you to Chris and Dr. Johnson for providing that tip from the Jumping Radio Show, episode number 17. You can find that, the rest of that episode, at jumpingradio.com. If you want to drop me an email, it's Glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. And don't forget to check out all the other great shows on the network at horseradionetwork.com. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone.